Welcome, welcome everybody. Happy Monday and welcome to another episode of Realtor Hacks Tips and Tricks. I'm one of your hosts, Hallie McCrory, a two-time icon agent, uh, mentor for Tarek El Moussa's team, uh, the agency, and host for Emmy-nominated TV show, uh, The American Dream. Uh, I do that in Dallas and I'm also part-time in San Angelo, Texas, so I cover west and north uh, of Texas. And then we've got my lovely co-host, Casey Styers on. She's also a host Hi. for American Dream, and she is based in Raleigh, North Carolina. Everybody there knows her as the downtown guru. Uh, her and her partner own all the bars on Glenwood Avenue, if you're familiar with the area. Um, but she also works the coast, the mountains. She's all over North Carolina. So she's just an absolute go-getter. And we've got her little her little side. Got my partner today, Rocky. Yeah. <laughs> He looks like he's falling asleep though. So. I know he's tired. He's sick of us doing podcasts. <laughs> and then we've got one of my uh, good friends. He's become a good friend of mine over the past year. Um, ever since I've seen him speak at um, EXP's shareholder summit, Juan Carlos Barneche. He is the founder of Gold Bar, which is um, not only a real estate team but also a huge training platform. Uh, a community, I, I really should say, because it's not just training, it's um, networking with other agents. We're doing a live event in January, or no, February. So coming up soon in New York City, which I just got signed up for. I'm super excited for that. Um, gosh, he's, and he's an influencer with EXP, or an alpha influencer with EXP, which means he's attracted over a thousand agents to his community. Um, He's done well in uh, in production and and you know worked his way out of that and now is a huge investor. I mean, he's just he's done it all. Oh, and National Association of Realtors, thirty under thirty. Hey, only thirty years old, which is just I, I mean, you're like this is who I want to be. Everybody, this guy right here, seriously. They know I bet the show, JC. Thank you thank for coming you. on. Thank you for the intro. Thanks for having me. Uh, I'm just really humbled to. Uh, to have you as a friend in general, because you have so much wisdom and, and so much uh, drive. And it just inspires me to go out there and, and, and work hard, even harder. Yes, so yes. Like, like my goal is how can I surround myself with like, like 20 more Hallies, you know? So like, th thanks for everything you do. And in case it's great to connect with you also. Yes, exactly. Yes. yes. Okay. So I want to, this is like how I start every podcast. If, if our viewers haven't already uh, followed on to this, but I just, I love to get everybody's background when they come on and just, you know, it's interesting to compare and see um, how people get into real estate, what led them on their path to where, where they are now. So share with us a little bit about, you know, you starting out. Yes. Yeah, so, so the 92nd cliff note is uh, I was studying to go to medical school as my junior year in college. Mm -hmm. And I had my face buried deep in an organic chemistry uh, book. I think I had a final the following day. And for whatever reason, when you're going off a six day study binger, you drank like seven cups of like Starbucks coffee uh, and you've gotten no sleep in the last two days, you yeah. kind of start to recontemplate your entire life. And it was at that moment that I said to myself, like, I'm working so hard. If I actually go out of my way to go to med school, I still have to do residency for another four years. I have to do specialty for another two years. And then boom, I'm like half a million dollars uh, in student loan debt that I have to work my yep. way out of. I won't have a life till like I'm 40. And then if I build my practice, I won't have a life ever. Like, like what is it that I really want to even do with my life? So yes. for the first time ever, I, I literally take out a piece of pen, a pen and paper and I say, uh, I'm going to write down the two things I want in life. Number one, I wanted to help others uh, because that was like, whatever I do, I, I wanted to make an impact in the world. Right. And number two, um, I wanted to achieve financial freedom. I wanted to control over my my life, my lifestyle, my income, my finances. I never wanted to work for someone or, or, or to, to be bossed around. So um, at that moment, I said to myself, all right, I don't know if med school is the right path for me. Like, let me go on Google and type in how to become financially free. And the first book that popped up was Rich Dad Poor Dad. Um, I downloaded the entire thing offline. And instead of studying for the organic chemistry final, I ended up failing it the next day. But I read the entire Robert Kiyosaki book and that kind of catapulted me to, to getting my license. So yes. um, I graduated in, in 2015. Instead of going to med school, I, I ended up going to, uh, to real estate school. I, I get my license. I... Uh, end up starting a team two years in. I scale out of that team within four years of, of getting my license. And then from uh, 2020 to 2022, I focused on recruiting. I recruit a thousand agents to, to the company. Uh, and then in 2022, I'm like, you know what? I've trained a lot of agents to get to six figures and multiple six figures. Um, I've mentored hundreds when it comes to scaling their business and systems. 
Um, let me go out there and create a training platform that can help others do that. And then I dissolve the entire Goldbar team. I no longer sell. I'm not in production. And I turn the actual brand into a training community that is basically open to any agent and any brokerage and, and any yep. part. Of it. Yeah. And actually, you just made a lot of that platform free for a lot of agents, too. So that's we're going to plug that there. Actually, I'll plug that now. Um, so if you are interested in that, it's join Goldbar joingoldbar.com i'm i'm like not with the words right now you said Sorry. my last name correctly so so i'm happy <laughs> i try i try please i know i'm like working on the duolingo working on my accent <laughs> doing it all I know. there you go yeah i totally relate though i like like you i was in school i was in my sophomore year uh i was in exercise and science major so I had a lot of like med school or that that's like, that was what my goal was too. And I'm in there. I'm like, this sucks. I'm like, I'm so burnt out on school right now. Um, Cause school was also like a huge part of high school for me. Like I was taking all APs and stuff and just, you know, you, you get to a point where you're like, you realize how much debt you're going to be in. Cause you start learning about what actually being a doctor is going to be like. Yeah. And I'm like, this sounds miserable to me now. Like I just wanted to do that because I thought doctors made a lot of money while helping people. Like, like you said, like helping people. Yeah. And I'm like, well, you really don't until way down the line. And I just really don't, I feel like there's, there's gotta be a better way that suits my personality more. Um, but unlike you, I ended up trying out the corporate route and got into real estate later, which you know, no regrets, whatever. But I tried out the teaching route. Oh, there you go. I always say that the people that do the best in real estate either have a corporate background or an education background. Or they're a hostess or a bartender. Those people cross. Yes, I know the bartenders, seriously, because they go and talk to so many people. It's like, yeah. well, hey, look, I got, but well, I'm not a bartender. <laughs> But no, people in hospitality, in, in staffing, in teaching, and in like corporate, like MBA CPAs, yeah. they tend to do really well. Yeah, yeah, I'm on the owner side of the bar world. And I there do much better on that side than bartending. I try yeah, to. So we could call that the, the master bartender. Uh, <laughs> you oversee story. the bartenders. <laughs> funny story, real quick. I tried bartending one time when um, my other have had to go out of the country. And I got rid of all the bartenders and because they just weren't doing their job or showing up. So I was like, I got this. How hard can it be to make a cocktail? Somebody, this is not my proudest moment. Some people are going to be like, wow, she's stupid or they're going to laugh at this. But somebody ordered a dirty Hennessy. I, ooh, okay. So I was like, okay, um, I got the Hennessy part. Uh, where am I going to get the dirt part? Oh, went outside. <laughs> Luckily, he was no. a regular Wait, really? Laughed. You put dirt in the Hennessy. No. <laughs> and the poor man drank it and never told me that I did it wrong, though. And he was just like. He drank it? So he came back and went when he, he was a regular, like every night. So the next night, the bartender, my friend Lita was bartending. I was like, that's not how you do it. He doesn't have dirt in it. And she goes, why would you put dirt in his drink? And I was like, it's dirty Hennessy. And she's like, <laughs> and you drank it? And he goes, I didn't have the heart to tell her. <laughs> you know, she was so proud of herself for making this drink. It was like a life Thank God you got into real estate, Casey. Oh, <laughs> so once God, again, this is why I do not bargain. Okay, but oh really, what is a dirty Hennessy? Is it like olive juice? Like olive juice mart? and Hennessy, just like a dirty martini. Close enough. You just went outside and got some dirt, you know? Yeah, a little salt in there. It's fine. Yeah. You know, as long as people ordered a liquid marijuana, I was like, that's illegal. You cannot have that in here. Everyone was like, you're fine. In North Carolina, it is. <laughs> Beer tub, it is. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That is so there's y'all's laugh for the day. <laughs> I, I mean, okay. Well, I think I made you speechless. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So back to real estate. <laughs> well, I guess real estate is kind of dirt too. So. Okay, no, I'm just kidding. There you go. Yep. <laughs> building a house in a drink. <laughs> so you got into real estate and obviously did well enough to to you know to start a team. Where or like what were 
the tactics or mindset or, or, um, you know, lead generation tips that you, or I guess that helped you succeed as a solo agent first off. So it's three pillars. Number one is mindset. You mm -hmm. could go out there and, and be the best at what you do, but if you don't believe in yourself and you don't have that self-confidence, you're not going to take any action on anything. So mm -hmm. I hired a life coach to literally give me a lot of therapy when it came to my, my childhood, my past trauma, everything that had to do with like, why couldn't I go out there and like, like achieve the success I wanted to. And it turned out that I had a lot of issues when it came to uh, fear of success. Like I was completely terrified that if I executed on what I said I was going to do, I would actually get to where I want to get to. And it's something I still struggle with because I know my potential, but sometimes yeah. I find myself self-sabotaging that potential because mm -hmm. I'm like so much responsibility is waiting for me around the corner. The second I get to that, that level. Like? Any examples? It could be like, I, I set an entire calendar for what I need to do in, in the following day. And then instead of executing on exactly what I have to do, I then start like doing something else, like checking emails or going on yeah. Instagram or purposely avoiding the work that I know is necessary. That'll help me get to the next hurdle. Um, and I don't do it anywhere nearly as often as I did like back in like 2017, but right. it's still something, like I said, it's something you're, you're fighting with every single day. Basically to get to the point where you're like, I deserve this. I'm going to step into this. Uh, I know this is my destiny. And then I go into it and I do it full on. And I'm like yeah. almost there, but it's like this, this long period of, of self-acceptance that like, it's like, yes, you're going to have a lot more responsibility. Once you get to this level, you're gonna have a lot more influence. People are going to have to like, look up to you. However, you deserve it, you know? So like, right. that's the mindset portion. And I got a life coach for that. Second is sales. Um, it's impossible to do well in real estate. If uh, you have a really tough time going on listing presentations, I've been yeah. speaking to a lot of buyer agents uh, re recently. And these are people that have been in real estate for three, four years. And they're like, they're buyer specialists. And I'm like, okay, so you're a working specialist because if you want leverage, you need to get listings. And they're like, yeah, but I'm not really good at listings. And I'm like, well, how many listing appointments have you gone on? And they're like, none. And I'm like, <laughs> How okay. do you know? <laughs> well, there's your answer. Like, are you good at baseball? If you never picked up a bat, are you good at golf? If you never picked up a club, of course mm -hmm. not. So you need practice. And to get that practice, you need to have the mindset first. So I tell everyone like hire a life coach or get mindset training. As soon as you get into the business, um, that's something we have in our platform. It's the very first training we give out for free so that people yeah. can kind of get their, their, their stuff. Right. And then yeah. once it's you get to that point too. where exactly. Yep. And then once you get to that point where it's like, okay, I got the right mindset for this. I now need to learn sales skills. What are sales skills? How to pick up the phone and call people, how to reach out to people via DM, how to do buyer presentations and seller presentations, how to speak when it comes to like your tonality and, and how you introduce yourself and how you carry yourself, body language. These are all like subtle cues when it comes to like, like sales and persuasion. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and I hired two coaches for that one. The final coach taught me uh, operations and infrastructure. So yes. we have mindset, sales, operations. And then that coach is more teaching me like, Here's the KPIs or key performance indicators you need to track to make sure you're actually moving the needle. Here's how you do management meetings or here's how you do team meetings to go out of your way to actually hold people accountable. And then here's how to staff people. Here's what website to go on. Here's how much to pay them. And then here's how to monitor them to make sure that they're getting the right result they're looking for. Um, if you could do that, you're going to do very well. If you could do all three of those and master marketing, sky's the limit. And marketing is where I'm getting help right now. I just hired two consultants. I'm right. learning the ins and outs of like Facebook ads and automations and workflows and KPIs. And like, I'm, I'm getting better at it, but it's always a work in progress of getting better. Right. Right. I love it. Okay. So this, those are the pillars that made you successful as a solo agent. And then you moved into, you know, having a team. I want you to talk a little bit about how you had a team before and how you think a team should be now? Or really like good question. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I built out a team uh, through the traditional model. Uh, I'll call it the uh, Gary Keller Millionaire Real Estate Agent model. Yeah. I've read that book several times. I followed it to the T. Uh, traditional model is basically you go out there and you staff for an admin first. It could be a yeah. transaction coordinator or someone that helps you out with uh, a transaction to close. Um, and then from there, you want to go out there and start hiring buyer agents. You pay them a 50-50 split. You feed them leads. They have their own split if they go out of their way to find their own business. And then you start building an infrastructure for them. Once you start scaling to a certain level, you maybe hire a listing agent or have that buyer agent start doing listings as well. And then you start hiring additional agents. Basically, you have like a small little team that's that's managing all your operations for you. Um, it got to the point where my very first buyer agent got so good at the consultations that I promoted him to sales manager. He was now managing a group of like six or seven agents. And then I had staff, which consisted of someone in marketing, someone in admin, and then someone for just general assistance, 
reporting to that manager as well. And by 2020, I did around $1.2 million in gross commission. And then of that, my margins were around 30%. So I kept around 400K for myself, but I was pretty much skilled out of production, like not even working with clients in any way of that route. Now that team continued to scale. Uh, I went from $39 million in sales to $81 million in sales. But as I started scaling and doing more volume, my margins started dropping. And the reason for that, and here's like the big like, like aha moment, was as you go ahead and start scaling and doing more volume, your expenses rise up. And the reason yeah. the expenses rise up is because the agents get more confidence. Remember that whole mindset thing I was telling you about? Yeah. In the beginning, they're like, give me, give me, give me up. I'll, I'll pay you whatever I want. But once they do 300K a year in gross commissions, they're like, whoa, I'm good at what I do. Their confidence goes up. And mm -hmm. so does that goes their race. And instead of them renegotiating and saying, pay me a 5% uh, increase in my salary. Well, there is no salary. They renegotiate five, 10 or 15% off their split, which is really the gross revenue. And if you look at it this way, so Casey, you own a, you own a restaurant, you own a bar. Imagine if the waitress comes to you and she says, I need a job. And you're like, yeah, cool. Like uh, I'll pay you 25% of the gross revenue we make. Like yeah. in the beginning, if you're just starting out, it's no big deal. But three years down the line, when you're making a million dollars a year and you're paying the waitress a quarter million dollars to just wait tables, that gets a little crazy. But that's what ends up happening in the traditional models. So if I just start all over and I do this with consulting and, and training other team leaders on how to do it the right way, I always tell them, never put your salespeople on a split. Because the second that someone agrees to go ahead and work on a 30, 40, 50% split, whatever it is, just know at some point in the future when they renegotiate, and they will, like it's certain, if you do your job right as a team leader and you train them and coach them, they will get better. They're going to come to you and want a 5, 10, 15, or 20% bump. And when that happens, your cost of sales goes up so high that your margins drop to around, I think I was at like 12% when all was said and done. And then yeah. at that moment, I was like, I'm disbanding the team. And I just, like I said, I left it from there. Okay. So now, or I guess... Can you dive in a little bit more about like how you think it, be, it should be structured now? Oh, I know it's like the salary portion, but like even with admins and stuff too. So let's go ahead and say uh, we're starting from scratch. You're a brand new agent. You find a great mindset coach. You find the great sales skills coach. Uh, you go out of your way to start getting the training you need. You go from zero to 50K a year in gross commissions. Uh, what's okay. 50K a year? That's like five houses at $10,000 commission each. Once you're at 50K, I would immediately hire an admin assistant. You can find a great admin assistant for around six to seven bucks with a virtual assistant. Uh, you pay them for 20 hours a week worth of work. Uh, 20 times six is one, 20 times four, it's $500 a month for a full-blown assistant. And then you have that assistant take care of all of your paperwork. Um, right. Once you get to the point where you now have less things on your plate, you go out there, you go back into sales, you add more people to your database, you grow that up, you get to 100K, you now put that same assistant on a full-time salary. And now they go ahead and they're working 40 hours a week instead of 20 hours a week. Now they can take on more off your plate. Maybe they want to take your calls off your plate and be your receptionist and be your designer, whatever it is. Okay. Once you get to $150,000, I would then go ahead and hire a showing agent or what I call a sales assistant. And that sales assistant, you could pay them minimum working wage. If the minimum wage in your, in your area is $30,000 a year, pay them that. You go ahead and give them a small little bonus. And then that bonus will go ahead and incentivize them to work out on every transaction. From there, that will now take off all your showings, open houses, inspections, appraisals, all off your plate. And then you want to go ahead and continue scaling, rinse and repeat. And then at around 200, a quarter million dollars in gross commissions, I would then hire a marketing assistant, which could be a VA or someone that's US-based also. Uh, mm -hmm. And that person would take care of all your social media, edits, all the backend stuff. Once you have those three key hires, I don't personally think you need anything else to scale to a million dollars a year in gross commissions as far as staff goes. Uh, yeah. You will need to invest into Facebook ads and lead generation systems to keep the fuel going. And yeah. I usually recommend around 15% for Facebook ads and another 5% for past clients. So when all said and done, the margins look like this, 15% going towards Facebook ads, 5% going towards past clients in the forms of gifts, uh, another 30% going towards staff, and then the other 50% is going towards you. So in a perfect world, if you grow this business to a million dollars a year, you should be netting on a good day, half a million dollars a year, working around 10 to 20 hours a week. Yeah, love it. I so, do too. Let yeah. me ask you this, um, sorry. Do you have something where, like I'm trying to write all this down as you're talking. Joingoldbar.com. <laughs> okay. 
my brain Peter froze. My brain is literally like I'm transferring it into that platform with the training and the programs and the videos. And and everyone's always like, but where do I find this VA and how do I train them and how do I, like everything is in and this it. is the part in my business sorry i just took over like this is the part that i i'm missing like i struggle with this because no one taught you this it's right. like like this is the now, crazy the problem part. is like, i've had too many people try to teach me this and mm. run it their way and it doesn't work that's why i was super excited to have him on because it blew, like I guess let me back I up on my give me an early Christmas present, Helen. <laughs> Thank you. Let me give you my affiliate link. Hang on. <laughs> uh, okay, so I originally, like I said, I first saw JC speak at um, Shareholder Summit in Orlando. That's where he's based out of. Uh, that was March this year. That was March. Yeah, this year. March, yeah, uh, and it just blew my mind because. All, all he talked about and focused on was his SOP, standard operating procedures. And me, you know, I like love my organization, Casey, and I'm always striving. Like if I'm not organizing something, I get super overwhelmed. And then I'm just like, you know, that that's not a really good environment for me to be Same in. Same with me because I'm so ADD. Right. Like- Yes. Are, my closet has to be organized. And I finally got my closet organized. I felt like that was anywhere until my closet. I know that sounds silly, but now I can walk in there and get dressed in under like two minutes because I can right. find everything. And right. before it was just like, this is too much. And I just invested in hangers. I know that sounds stupid, but no, because I've done that too. It's, it's not silly. Yeah. Uh, but, but I just loved it because everything he talked about was like, I just follow my, my SOPs. I have everything in place. And I'm like, when is your New York event? So my New yeah. York event is is February 29th. Is it sold out? No, like so so we haven't even started marketing it. Like like Hallie knows about it because I've been promoting it in like a small Instagram group and on a on a on like a well, little broadcast channel also. <laughs> Say it again. How do I get to come to this thing? Okay, goldbarlive.com. So like okay. if you if, if you I actually want you to like search it up right now to see who's speaking. I I tried. I told her I do this a lot of time. So I don't I just care about you. Try so I, hang on. I will share my screen. Oh, if I can so the reason it. I haven't started mass promoting it is we haven't announced the final speaker who's the number one agent in America. Like Wall Street Journal ranked number one team leader. Um, I won't say who he is, but that should give it a hint. And I think we're um, announcing him. I may announce him tomorrow. Or, this or is next what week. comes up. Oh, no, you're going to goldbar.com. You got to put the live in there. Our <laughs> live. <laughs> this one's already announced. Casey uh, Sirhant speaking at it, and she's uh, one of his students. I'm one of his oh, pro students. Yeah, yeah, I'm a I'm a so, pro in his. Okay, cool, cool. Years to get there, but I'm there. Go bar his, uh, live. His number two, his number two agent in uh, I think all of New York is speaking also there. So that's gonna be really cool. I, I haven't, like I said, I, I've been kind of like incognito because basically what I'm doing is I'm I, I'm still wrapping up all the marketing because like it's just so many great people. And then once that marketing thing, which I'm probably launching like right before Christmas is, is going, you still have like, like you get to pick the seat that you want to see that sit in. So it's, it's, it's a pretty cool opportunity. Yeah. Hallie, will you send me what you picked so we can be together? Yes, for sure. You're going yeah. to this, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and I just put it the our live for the, those yeah. watching and not listening. I mean, if you're listening, G-O-L-D. B-A-R-L-I-V-E. That was something I thought about when I was coming up with the name in like 2017. It's like, how can I create something that no one messes up? <laughs> I know. Even with Empower, they're like, in Empower? I'm like. <laughs> right? <laughs> so yeah. yeah no, we, we, we have Josh Altman speaking, uh, who's number yeah. one in LA. Dina Goldenthaler, who's number one in Miami. Ryan Serhan, who's number one in New York. And then to top it off, I got the number one in the country. I, I can't say his name, but just super excited. Oh, I'm excited to hear. I'm excited to hear. Yeah. Well, yeah. So now me and Casey are going to be going. So I'm going to be there. Uh, yeah. this, I believe yeah. this will air before before that event. So. Yeah, it will. Yeah. So. Yay. Awesome. Awesome. So 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 back to the whole systems thing, like, yes, like Casey. Yeah. The, <laughs> Sorry, the, I went down. Sorry. No, the, 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 the reason <laughs> the reason it's it's so hard to learn is because a lot of the people that are teaching it either haven't done it themselves or haven't applied it specifically to real estate. So I have a lot of friends that are in digital marketing and they make a ton of money and you always see them like traveling or on boats and like, like they have this lifestyle and all the income coming in. 
But on the real estate side, it's a little bit different in structure, a real estate business to be automated versus like a digital marketing agency. So right. for me, it was always like, who's done this in the industry? And I did find people that were able to like automate it, but I still found them producing. And it was like, if I'm going to automate this thing, I want to get out. Like, right. like I didn't get into this to like be selling real estate all, all my, my life. Like I right. love working with clients and I love doing the whole relationship thing. But as far as like opening doors and doing open houses on a Sunday, like I'd rather be hanging out with my friends or, or spending time with family. So for me, it was almost like, I'm not, I'm not really too crazy about making the most amount of money in the world, but I do think that if you can make three, four, 500 K a year working relatively little hours, I think it's a great lifestyle. And then if you want to go make five, $10 million a year, like, I don't think real estate agents, that's like, that's the best vehicle to do that in. So that's the whole thing. It's like identifying what your goal is. And if your goal is to make a quarter million, 300, 400, 500, 600 K a year, I think being a real estate agent is an incredible way to do that. But once you automate it, you just have to make a little bit more to account for the expenses. And then you could just take a step back and just let the thing run itself. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and that's, uh, I just loved how you had like an SOP for everything you were doing. And that's really what I'm trying to do now because I've just found one of the hardest parts of being a real estate agent or being a team lead, like it's like I, my brain is on constant overload. Oh, Hallie, I'll, 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 do, I'll do you one better, okay? What yeah. if you just come up with everything you ever wanted an SOP for and I just created it for you and I put it into the goal bar? Because exactly. like, that's what I'm building. I'm, I'm build, yeah. My next baby is like, I'm, I'm teaching people how to hire VAs from scratch for like, like $6 an hour. Yeah. Uh, I'm teaching them how to onboard them, train them, manage them, all of that stuff. I'm teaching them how to set up systems and how to set up their software and workflows and have all these things running automatically. Yeah. But my next baby is like, I want to build an SOP library specifically for people that want to build and automate teams. Um, I already have a good amount of them, but like Hallie, if you have like an idea of like a certain SOP you want, send it to me, I'll put it together. And then I want to make that accessible to all the goal members. I mean, oh, we lost that thing. I think your mic went off. Oh. Just realized I was on mute. Sorry. Uh, my husband started printing in the room behind me, but <laughs> I'm like, hello. Uh, but no, even like uh, I started creating SOPs. So I'm a very like events heavy person, whether that be for uh, production or agent attraction. So I've started making SOPs around events and stuff. Cool. So like even stuff like that. I've got an SOP for our podcast now. Um, nice. Yeah. So I, and I could, if you don't have any of those, I can kind of share those. I, I have I have an event SOP. It's 12 pages long for like the Gold Bar Live events. Um, yeah, and those are yeah. really detailed, but I don't have specific ones for like maybe putting together like a, a home buyer seminar, stuff like yeah. that. So that'd be pretty cool. So I just made one for brokers open. And then oh, I, there I, you go. Did it okay. and I had like, okay, so we have about 300, 350 probably agents in the San Angelo area, at least. This isn't Dallas for San Angelo. Uh, and we had about 75 people come through, like just the brokers open. So not like nice. open house, oh, so that's a good, nice little, yeah, I thought that was a pretty good number for out of, you know, however many, and a lot of people were out of town and stuff. So maybe, maybe like we could be like, uh, like an SOP exchange where like, we just get everyone coming yes. in and putting their SOPs yes. and taking SOP, you know? Yes. Well, that's the, the like part of having the community too, you yeah. know? So and I just followed you on Facebook too, or awesome. Instagram. I'm going to follow you back. Um, yes. I am like all excited now. <laughs> I know. Well, and Juan's been mentored by awesome people. So Sean Kakosa, he's partnered yeah. with Ricky Caruth. I mean, it it's he's been he's been intentional about who he's been surrounding himself with. And sure. I'm joining your community as we speak. I'm you better be. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm multitasking over well, here. My, well, my goal is with this community because I, I've taken so much one-on-one -on -one coaching and, and I've gotten incredible results from it. The yeah. only thing is, it's that the entry to play to on that, on that level with one-on-one, -on -one, it's so expensive. Like you have to think of it as like, if you want to go ahead and hire a really good coach, there's no way you're finding anyone for less than $3,000 a month, like yeah. minimum. Mm -hmm. And we're talking like a minimum 30 minute a week call. The second you're getting coaching for like a thousand dollars a month or something along those lines, it's not that it's going to be bad coaching, but like how valuable is that person's time to actually just charge you a thousand dollars a month? That's the way I see it. So right. like, for the amount of people that need that three, four, five, six thousand dollars a month coaching, I think my, my most expensive coaching was like six or seven thousand dollars a month. Like, yeah. how many people actually like have the ability to afford that? Like, that's crazy, you know? So for me, it was a matter of like, cool, 
let me take all of the knowledge and the systems and the blueprints and all the stuff that I've learned in those coaching platforms. And as I'm continuing to learn and get more coaching, I'm putting it into there. And now they basically have the actual education as far as like the training goes. But now we have the community holding everyone accountable. And that's what I kind of interviewed a lot of people on. They're like, I love the accountability factor in coaching. I'm like, accountability? That's what you're paying $2,000 a month for? (laughs) So like, what if the community was all working towards that same goal, which for our silver members, it's like like the first thing, it's $99 a month to get more listings, is all get more listings. And then when you have everyone doing the same activity, working towards that same goal, it's like, it's so fun. Like, I think we've gotten 25 listings with everyone in the December challenge and it's only 14 days in. Like yeah. hopefully we end off with 50, but like, that's the whole plan. It's like, get everyone rowing in the same direction. It's on the same curriculum and everyone motivates each other. And for 99 bucks a month, like you can't really go wrong, you know? Yeah. Mm-mm. So what's, what's the next tier? The next tier is gold. Explain all the tiers. Yeah. So So basically we have the bronze version. The bronze version is like, you get in, it's free. You get access to our scripts. I think that's what I just did. And then I'm going to go through all your stuff. And then Yeah. Yeah. Like the bronze is a lot. It's like what a lot of people are selling in a course. I just made that for free. We have expired scripts for sell by owner scripts, newsletter scripts, templates. Um, We have things when it comes to like uh, business planning, goal setting, uh, mindset, time management, like all these things are in there. And then you have this giant referral community of like 3,300 agents just exchanging referrals all day long. Once you're at that point where I say like, you, you got your mindset right, now you need to go get your listings right. And how do you get listings? You need to start prospecting. So we have something called a silver membership. And that's basically $99 a month, month to month. You cancel whenever you want. And basically whenever you sign up for this, you get enrolled in a 30-day listing challenge that is literally focused around reaching out to homeowners and getting listings. Um, and we give you the systems, the resources, the scripts, the templates, the buyer presentation, the seller presentation, like everything you need. And then once you go ahead and you get more listings, cool. The only thing that's missing is systems. So the gold membership, which Hallie, you have a preview of, but I took that entire thing and I spun it around. Like I beta tested with around 30 agents and I realized I could go out there and build these systems for you. But if I build them for you, well, you don't learn how to use them in the process. Like that doesn't really help either. And then if I just give them to you, and don't tell you how to use them, then that doesn't work either. So I kind of find the little happy medium. So in January, we're going to be releasing the gold membership. And the gold membership is basically like, okay, cool. Here's the exact step-for-step blueprint to get a VA or to build a team or to hire a showing assistant or to set up your software and your systems. And then here's an entire community to just have someone answer your questions whenever you need it. So right. that's kind of what I'm working up to. And then the big, like, uh, what do you call it? The big, um, I guess like like grand surprise is at Goldbar Live and we're going to be announcing the entire thing. Oh, yay. So exciting. Yeah. Well, and I love it too because, I mean, like you said, it's it's not just like prospecting or, or lead gen because, you know, every agent is in different steps of their their business. No. Like for me, I know, how, I know how to generate leads. Yeah. That's not my issue. My issue right now is building a team and getting organized, like the SOPs and stuff. Um, basically everything I need to do to leverage my time to get to the next step. Yeah. Um, and you literally have steps at every point, which yeah. is amazing. And, 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 and what's cool is like, like I call it the 80, 20 rule of mm-hmm. the producing agents out there. 80% of them are still focused on getting more leads and right. that's fine. So we made that like the initial step. Like you can't go to the next section unless you actually are getting listings and buyers and you know how to do that. But after the 20% like you, who don't really care about leads so much. It's almost like you have too many leads and you want to learn how to outsource things and stuff like that. That's where I love working with agents on that level. And I personally do the the trainings and setups for that. So there's a little bit in there for everyone. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And even uh, like if you're, well, I guess a lot of brokerages are doing agent attraction now. I mean, we're EXP, but KW has it, Exit has it, um, Real, LPT, like that, that could be helpful for a lot of different people, or even if you're just building a team, like we said. Um, and then it even goes into investing too, right? Once you kind of scale yourself out of production. I mean, you don't have to scale yourself out of production to get into investing, but mm-hmm. for me, at least, that's like the ultimate full-time goal, I guess. Um, I, 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 I think the goal it. for everyone, if it's like a matter of like cash flow and retirement, it's like get, get a good lifestyle as an agent, then yep. take a step back, build a team, and maybe you make a little bit less money, but you're, you're working less See, hours. I would like the lead in for my yeah. team. Yeah. 
So mm-hmm. I can hand those leads to my team because if they're producing, then I'm going to be making money as well. So exactly. And right mm-hmm. now my leads, I cannot hand them to them because I mean, I had somebody tell me the other day they would walk away and find somebody else yeah. if I couldn't personally help them. I'm like, <laughs> and, yeah. and, and that's one of the biggest issues people face. It's like, when do you get to that point where you start handing off your business? And then like, it's like the whole issue with like, well, my clients don't want to work with anyone but me. And like, I went through that entire thing and it's yeah. a lot of personal development work. To mm-hmm. understand that it's not about us. It's about the expectation, the experience we provide for the client. And that's what they're right. seeking. But that means we have to train someone to provide that same level of service. And that's the hard part. Yeah. And that's what he talked about in that uh, in that little seminar. And I was like, I need to know him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Okay. I love it. I love it. Okay. And so then we have the big announcement will be at Gold Bar Live. I love it. Um, another thing he also provides too, like he has other people training in his, uh, platform. So, um, I'm forgetting her last name, the Lauren girl. I mean, you have Lauren her. Plant, yeah. Is it plant? Yes. Yeah, so, so, so Lauren's a good friend of mine. She does a lot yeah. of mindset coaching yeah. and she was a realtor herself. So yeah. she actually relates to real estate agents on a really good level. So she's awesome. Yeah. Uh, her guys- Instagram is, is Lau plant. If anyone um, yeah. is interested. Yeah. Her Instagram is really good. I follow her um, from you now. And then you have the other guy that comes on and talks about social media as well. Like you, yep. you don't just focus on, I know you're big with, you know, working your database and your CRM, but you, you pretty much take where anybody can pick from any sort of lead gen, you know, depending on their personality, what they're good at, what they yep. want to do. And uh, like you have the KPIs for all of those and then end up, bringing it back to your database. Yeah. I I found some people like love the phones. Other love handwritten notes. Others love door knocking. Some just love social media. So it's like, how can we give everyone like a blueprint for each one of those? Like, like, uh, scenarios. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I love it. So what, uh, what trends do you think, uh, realtors are going to be seeing, or I guess just like the real estate industry, uh, are going to be seeing in 2024. That's different. I think that there will be another huge influx and wave of buyers coming back into the market because yep. it seems like that shell shock of seven, eight percent interest rates, like it kind of it kind of wore off. Yep. And the second that they dip into the fives, which it could, everyone yep. is gonna try to get back in. Yes. And we'll see what will happen with house prices and all of that stuff and inventory. Um, but I think it's gonna be a perfect, like beautiful match made in heaven because there's a lot of owners that are behind on their mortgage. Yeah. But they have equity. So it's not like 2008 where like they were behind on their mortgage and if they and were to we're sell, they're right below water. Yeah. Like this time when they sell, they could pay off the mortgage and go out there and, and have some money for rent. So I think that time is kind of coming where like you have a lot of people that maybe weren't, uh, what do you call it, doing too well during the last like two years when the interest yeah. rates are super high and uh, maybe they're behind on, on a job or, or who knows what. But when those people go to sell and the interest rates drop, it's like, what is going to happen? You know? So yeah, I, I think there's probably the biggest opportunity for an agent right now to go out there and capture listings. And I say listings because once again, you could go out there and get all the buyer leads in the world. But if you're going to be competing with another thousand buyers at an open house, like we were seeing in 2021, like what really good is a buyer? A buyer is not really an asset. Whereas a listing in my opinion is in this business. So let me ask you this. Um, I guess there's kind of like a third niche. I feel like coming out. Uh, and I think he's one of your members, Andy Coleman. Yes. Yeah. Pushing, or I feel like I've seen him and maybe like two other people pushing, um, like being a, a rental agent and being, I guess, my past four years, I'm just dipping into the Dallas market. In San Angelo, we don't get paid on, on rentals at all. So, like, if you're a property manager, that's your focus. And we just push anybody looking to lease to, you know, the property manager. Um, so, I'm not like super familiar with how the whole leasing. So, so I'll, I'll break that down for you. Cause it, it's actually a really cool concept. So, yeah. so on the back end, Andy's actually the number one rental agent in all of EXP. Yeah. Um, I think he's closing like 200 rental transactions a year. Right. Now the issue with rentals is every market has their own way about paying agents on the rental side. Right. Um, I know if you go ahead and you lease an apartment here in Orlando, uh, there's a hundred dollar commission to the leasing agent. Like we're talking literally a hundred bucks. Oh, See, I think in Dallas, it's like 50% of uh, one month's rent or something, which no, like again, Orlando, that's not like, like a ton either. Yeah, ours is usually between 50 to $200 for rentals. 
There so, you go. So, yeah. so, so it, it's almost like, it's like negligent. It's, it's like a, it's like there's zero commission to begin with. Right. In New York, there was rental agents in Manhattan collecting 15% of the annual rents. And Ooh. Hey, you do a $60,000 annual rent, which is 5k a month times 15%. That's what 7,500, $8,000. Yeah. That's like selling a house. So I know right. people in Manhattan that were making a fortune, right? In right. Miami, where Andy's also from, it's usually one month. And what does a rental condo go for in Miami? About 5K. So, hey, $5,000, you'll have to do 100 of them to make half a million dollars. It depends on your market. Yeah. So, so, so that's the whole thing with like the whole rental thing is can it be lucrative? Yes, absolutely. Especially if the market supports it and you can go out there and do volume. Um, and I think rentals are always a very stressful like transaction and it's just a, like annoying to deal with and all these management companies. So a good rental agent can help you out there. The issue, the con of being a rental agent is renters refer you other renters. And it's something I spoke to, to Andy about. It's like, like you get all these rentals. It's like, you're happy you're making money. But the yeah. second you want to get off the hamster wheel, it's like, you could try to go out there and hire people to automate it, but there's not enough right. like meat on the bones on rentals as compared to listings. So um, yeah, yeah. That, that's kind of what I've been seeing. Well, he, he's another guest that we're going to have on in the future. Uh, so we'll get his side of the story on that too. Yeah. And, and, and I think what he's doing is like, he's revolutionizing the way uh, yeah. he's really paving the path for rental lanes. I think it's awesome. Yeah. Well, interesting. Well, I just, you said something about, um, I guess the people who can't afford their mortgages will end up going into renting. Yeah. So I was like, that made me think about that. Well, well think, think about it this way. Like prices aren't going to drop, right? Like if anything, yeah. they're getting more expensive. And then because the rates are like pretty out of reach, like I don't think they'll ever get back to the threes, but we could assume they're going to stay between four to like eight for like the rest of our lifetime, maybe higher, who knows? Yeah. Then what that means is housing is going to get more and more and more and more expensive. And unless there's a huge salary increase, which we probably won't see across the board nationwide, then the people that aren't buying a house now or can't afford to buy a house now probably won't be able to afford a house in the future. Like not yeah. for everyone, but for the majority of the population, the second they sell, if they don't immediately like 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 downsize or do something, they may get priced out. So right. yeah, I I think we're gonna start seeing a lot bigger influx of like the population just renting as far yeah. as homeownership goes. Yeah, I know, and that's something we talked about recently too, just with all the um, like all all the hedge funds buying up single family houses. I think here. It was one out of five homes was bought by a hedge uh, institution yeah. in like 2021. Something yeah. crazy. I think they're on track to own 60% of U.S. single-family homes by 2030. So crazy. I think that was the, the, uh, the stat I it's heard. But so now, crazy. you know, there's legislation being introduced and stuff. Um, I hope so. Control that, so. And, yeah. and, and it's, the number one question is why? Like, like everyone's always asking, like, why are they doing this? And it's, it's very simple. It's the ROI from a single-family home, it's not a lot. But... There's the whole factor of supply and demand where if you reduce supply in something, the price goes up. They're mm -hmm. like literally actually reducing the supply on a nationwide level of what's available to homeowners. Mm -hmm. And in the process of buying more and more and more and more, they're increasing the price for themselves. So imagine like an asset where like the more you bought of it, the more the more money you made. It was just, it's just so crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. That that could be a whole other uh, podcast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, good. So any other, um, I guess like trends you're going to see or any hacks, tips, or tricks for, for real estate agents, um, whether they be new or seasoned, um, that you think are going to be important for 2024? I would say that the best way to go out of your way to grow your business is still going to be to be modeling success. Uh, find the local agent in your market. That's a top listing agent. Uh, and just ask them if you could shadow them for three or four appointments. Um, offer them to, to buy them coffee or lunch or dinner, or even pay them for their time. Um, but once you watch someone, um, actually get a really good result in their business and they're super successful, like there's a couple of things happening. Number one, your mind actually becomes aware that it's possible to do. Um, a lot of the things that we don't do is because we just don't believe it's, we're going to get a result if we do it. But if we physically see someone like knock on 50 doors and one out of 50, get a seller, then all of a sudden it's like, wait. I saw that happen in real life. This, my brain isn't playing tricks on me. Let me go out there and do it myself. Right. Um, the second thing, you're finding someone that's already got into that period in, the, in, the, in their life where, where you want to get to, and now you don't have to reinvent the wheel. The amount of people that just try to figure it out on themselves, it just makes no sense. The reason like you come from the, from the, uh, 
from the corporate world where the yeah. reason that, that there's these people that and businesses that pay millions and millions of dollars a year in consulting is because consultants are experts in helping you get to your goals faster. Like most agents aren't thinking like that. So for me, it's like, how do I reinvest back into myself when it comes to like coaches, mentors and training? Um, mm -hmm. And how do I just find someone that's already at where I'm at and just do exactly what they're doing? Yeah. Do you think um, AI is going to be as big in 2024 as it has been in 2023? I, I think it's only going to get bigger. It's yeah. just going to be more normalized. Like, like basically like AI is what social media was back in like 2016. Yes. Yeah. That's how I think about it too. Yeah. You, you kind of see like how social media kind of like lost its buzz and like everyone's like, oh yeah, I got to post content and real, but no one does it. Now it's like AI is like the same equivalent. It's like, you need to be getting on AI, but in like four or five years, it's going to be like, oh yeah, AI already heard about that. What's the next thing? But that's the whole thing. It's, it's like, we have like six to 12 months to just capitalize on this thing before everyone's doing it. And then once everyone does it, it's just going to be the next thing. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, well, that's, I guess, another kind of part of your, your training too. Um, so you've recently brought in a CRM to gold bar as well. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, there's going to be some AI tools that you can plug in with that. Um, I think it's all like really AI is just going to be all about leveraging your time. Yeah, I, I think AI is about doing the tasks that you probably would have hired out for and gotten yeah. someone to do for you on your behalf. Like, for example, like having a personal receptionist answer every single one of your messages as they come in. That's probably a six, seven, eight dollar an hour task for an overseas VA. But yeah. if you could have AI do that for you, you could save that right mm -hmm. there. So I, I think AI is just an exponential form of leverage that we haven't seen before. It's like, imagine we could have this robot make a thousand calls for us in a minute. Like, yeah. That's scary, you know? So like, we'll, we'll see where this whole entire thing goes. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. And then uh, pivoting back to investing, I wanted to touch on that too. I think I saw a stat or I think it was when we had uh, Pace Morby on and I know we've talked a lot about him. Uh, he said that only 13% of agents actually invest themselves. Yeah. Would you suggest for an agent to focus on, you know, get like building their real estate business, building their skills, um, you know, scaling into going into a team, like going that whole route first before getting into investing? Or do you think it's capable or like someone, the average agent is capable of investing on the side? Well, and it's so like, do you think, you know, it, just, sorry. You no, 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 no. That's a quick question. So in order to invest, you need knowledge or you need money. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the whole thing. It's like, when you get started in real estate, do you even have knowledge on how to invest yourself? Do you have knowledge on how to manage a property and how to lease a, a tenant out and, and how to do the entire like maintenance and upkeep? Right. Probably not. So unless you have knowledge in like construction or you've done property management, like growing up, uh, you're probably better off getting your license first. Uh, and yeah. the second thing is like, if you have money right out the gate, well, instead of focusing on trying to do two things at once, I would recommend just find a partner who's really good at investing, have them invest into the projects with you. And then you guys could partner up that way. And yeah. then once you do three, four five deals with a partner and you've kind of gotten a little understanding of how the entire thing works, then you could go off there and do it on your own because now you have the knowledge. Um, but yeah, I, I see a lot of people trying to do like both at the same time. And like being an investor is a full-time job. Like yeah. I think people here investing and they, and they think passive income. But if you're buying even a single family, a duplex, a triplex, or a quad like pecs like for portfolio, there is a lot when it comes to acquisition, when it comes to financing, when it comes to raising capital, when it comes to securing the deal, when it comes to like fixing the property, renovating it, leasing out the tenant, management, software, like it's a 40 hour a week job. So like the passive income comes once all the systems are in place. But if you never learned how to do that, you're probably better off finding someone that has it and giving them the money that you're earning from real estate sales. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Mm -hmm. Well, at that point too, it's like that can even help your production more. If you're like personally doing investing, I think that only makes you more, one more confident and two more knowledgeable uh, to help investors. If that's something you want to niche into. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you suggest people niche into, you know, different, uh, you know, avenues like seniors or investors or, or new construction? Do you usually suggest agents to do that? Or do you think it really just depends? I would say so. I I, I think uh, it was Warren Buffett that said that diversification is a, is a way of, uh, of investing into uh, is an investing strategy for people that aren't really good at one thing. 
like if you really just go all in on on storage facilities or uh, multifamily or senior living or whatever it is, um, you're going to do well, but you have to stick to just one thing for five, 10, 15 years. Um, and like, like I said, it's, it's, it's hard not to do well when you're just so good at like a specific, like part of the market. Right. And then if you something else came along that you weren't interested in, it's easy referral too. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, gosh, I just feel like there's so many different avenues I could take this. Uh, <laughs> I just, I'm like so interested to see what 2024 is going to bring. Like, and I guess going through your course, there's so many different avenues that one could take. Um, I mean, like, like you're learning the Facebook ads right now. Do you think that's going to be big in 2024 or like, I mean, it, it really already has been, but I just feel like there hasn't been yeah. much good consistent information on how to optimize those. So, so here's what I've learned in regards to Facebook, Instagram, YouTube ads. Um, the big hype was back in like 2019, 2018, yeah. back when like the funnels just came out. Right. Right. And there was a huge wave. It's like, whoa, you could have like this funnel and drive Facebook ads and automatically get a booked appointments and all that stuff. And you had all these marketing agencies jumping into it. And right. basically marketing agents would be like, hey, like pay us $3,000 a month and we'll do your Facebook ads for you. And realtors jumped on it and they loved it. And it was good for like two months until they realized that for the three, four, 500 leads, it got very overwhelming. They would then kill the contract with the marketing agency. Then they would end up following up with like 30 of them. They weren't interested. They would never get through the list. And then those leads just died out. Yeah. Like it worked. They just never got through all the lists or their sales skills weren't good enough to actually convert them and stay in touch with them. So now the new form of Facebook ads is like, okay, cool. How do we get Facebook ads to come in and how do we get VAs or AI to follow up with it? You know? Right. And like, I think that's where a lot of like the real estate community has just given up on Facebook ads and like, oh, we tried that already. Just how they said, oh, we tried Google Paper Clip. Oh, we tried the whole like mailer thing. Oh, we try like, like, it's almost like real estate agents are just looking for like the next shiny object. Right. Um, I think AI could be that, but for me, it's a matter of like, I've looked at every major company in sales, whether it's Tony Robbins's organization or Dean Grazosi's organization and all these mega influencers. And the majority of them are not earning their actual traffic from organic. It's from hard paid ads on Facebook. So that's where I said to myself, it's like, why reinvent the wheel? Let me go really master Facebook ads the next time around. I brought on one of the most like talented Facebook ad managers in like the country. His ad spend is like two to 300 K a month on behalf of his clients. He really knows what he's doing. And that's my whole thing. Now it's like, if I could just master this and find a way to convert buyers and sellers online through Facebook ads, I have like this, this, this faucet I could just turn on and off whenever I want, except instead of going into like, a realtor.com or a Zillow.com. And, and I think those leads, like I said, are, are leads like anything else, but the yeah. acquisition cost is just way higher than you doing it yourself. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So if you were a brand new agent starting out right now, 2024, and I know again, everybody's different and what, you know, how they want to generate leads, but you having gone through and, and having knowledge on almost every type of lead generation, what would be your like one to three tactics you would do for lead generation? So it's not about what I would do because I, I've just learned that you can make so much money in real estate in so many different strategies. So the right. first thing I would say is find the strategy that you feel most comfortable with. Right. Uh, for me, I'm not a door knocker. You can't pay me to go out there in the cold and start door knocking on doors. But hey, one of my agents, Andy, door knocks 200 doors a day religiously and gets tons of listings. Like it just works for him. Right. Uh, I'm more of like social media, in-person networking events. I yeah. used to be on the phones all the time. Uh, but then I realized, like I said, like I'd rather like be speaking to people face to face. So I, here's some ideas, right? One, one really great way to go out there and just generate business is to know every single business owner in your community. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. if you just go out of your way to meet every single person that owns the local mm -hmm. bar, the local restaurant, the local coffee shop, the local post office, like just meet the employees, meet the owners, meet the managers um, add them all to a list. And then on major holidays, drop off a small little gift with your business card. That's probably like the simplest way to go out there and get deals. Like yep. they're going to take care of you. Yeah. Um, especially if you're using whatever the restaurant or the service is that you're, that they're offering. You support them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There you go. The second thing would be to, uh, get involved in any networking organizations. There's BNI, 
Uh, yep. There's Toastmasters. You could join a pickleball league. I don't know. Just get involved where you're meeting people and consistently building relationships. Yeah. Uh, Casey's laughing because she plays pickleball. I'm assuming I play pickleball. No, I've never played. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I feel like it'd be a disaster. <laughs> That's what I'm laughing. It's so cool. It's and in my head, I'm like maybe a bartending class. <laughs> yeah. Anything where you're meeting a human being, you cannot right. go wrong. The catch is, you could build a relationship with someone, but in order to monetize it, you have to ask them a question. Hey, do you happen to have a realtor? And when yeah. they say no cool. Could I be a realtor if you ever needed one? And when they say yes, you're basically, you like guarantee yourself a future client, whether it's through them or through them referring you to someone, but here's the catch 22. It's on you to make sure that they remember you. Right. So if they don't remember you three years from now, that's not their fault. It's your fault. They right. gave you freaking acceptance. But when they say yes to that, it's like, yes, but only if you remind me for the next five years. So right. that's your cue to send them a weekly newsletter or follow up with them or text them on the holiday or whatever. Right. Love it. Love it. And that's really, I feel like that's the way that I have built my business as well. I just unintentionally, that's just, I guess what like spoke to me, but it was always, um, I never took it as far. I, I guess I, I did my own database and like used Facebook, like the specific friend list and stuff. So I guess that was kind of my way of keeping in touch as well. But I just, I love how you always bring in some sort of KPI to it. Like how many people can I add to my database per day? So like, even with like, you, you could even think of like social media or networking is kind of a, it's kind of a weird concept to think about monetizing it and putting KPIs to it. But if you bring it all back to putting people into your database and just meeting as many people as you can, that's simple. Sorry. My dog is snoring down here too. <laughs> <laughs> And everyone's dog is making an appearance on uh on the podcast. Yes, <laughs> that's really on the podcast, truly. Yeah. <laughs> very friendly dog, or very oh, no, dog so friendly dog. Aww. <laughs> She's mad. Oh, let, let, me, let me get on. Let me get mine. Hold on. Yeah. Mine left. <laughs> Rocky's like, I'm out. <laughs> he fell over over here. He fell asleep and fell over, and I think it kind of startled him. <laughs> He's like, Mom, Did going you to see bed. him? I mean, he was, <laughs> he just, that night. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love it. He's We're probably actually... like, is she almost done? <laughs> I know. And I'm, now I've got the hair all over me. Awesome. No, and we're, we're planning our little, uh, our little Valentine's day party right now to, uh, partner, I guess, speaking of partnering with businesses and stuff, we're partnering with that local charity I got Gigi from. For the Valentine's oh, party. Oh, awesome. Look at that. Look at that baby. <laughs> What's this baby's name? She's a little Audrey, like Audrey Hepburn. Oh, Audrey. she's so sweet. What kind is she? She's a Malshi. I was about to say some sort of multi something. Yeah. 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 Right. Is a multi poo? <laughs> multi poo and then a multi shih tzu? Yeah. Mm hmm. Oh, <laughs> Oh no! Wait, get a picture. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Can we snap a photo of everyone's dog? Yeah, find <laughs> Rocky. <laughs> Go get Rocky. That's a good way to end the podcast. Yes, exactly. <laughs> okay, well, uh, she's going to get Rocky. Everybody, I want to remind you to follow us all on social media. We've got all of our Ooh, handles on here, and also subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts to our podcast. So you don't miss any of our episodes. Okay, I'll get the picture. All right, ready on three. Okay. One, two, three. One. Oh, I don't know how to get my camera out of it. One, two, <laughs> three. I got it. <laughs> Dog-friendly podcast. Yes, very. I love it. Well, JC, thank you for coming on today. We really appreciate it. I know you're a super busy guy, so I always appreciate any time that I get with you. Um, just yes. a wealth of knowledge. And seriously, guys, this is like who I want to be. Except he's <laughs> a year older than me. Dang it. I've only got a year to catch up. <laughs> no, I, I, I appreciate you guys so much for having me on. And and like I said, like I, I'm just excited to be associated with more like-minded people like you guys because it's like, so great I, to meet you. So. Yeah, like my goal is just to align myself with people that have like the same mindset and drive and ambition. Like it just inspires me to work harder even more. So I, yeah. I just 
And I'm excited about New York. I know. Yeah. You guys get signed up with us, goldbarlive.com. And uh, there's actually like dedicated seats for it. So if you guys want to sit with us. Yeah. Where the seats are at, so everyone can buy tickets around you guys. Yes, yes. Um, so that's goldbarlive.com. And then if you're interested in joining Juan Carlos's community, it's joingoldbar.com. Yeah. Easy, easy, like just like it sounds. Thank yeah. you so much. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you so much, Casey. Thank you, Holly. I've really already you. signed up. I'm in your free community right now. I'm gonna go through and Perfect. check out all those yes. things. And then uh, yes. I'll Love catch it. you there. Yeah. Awesome, guys. And we'll see you guys next Monday at 5.30 p.m. Uh, Central Time and 6.30 Eastern Time. So and thank don't you, guys. Thank you, Grace Yeah, don't forget to follow us. And Juan, follow me. I'm going to follow you back. <laughs> I got you. Thanks, guys. Follow me. Follow me. All right. Take care, guys. Bye. Bye.